Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to Security and Secure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. I'm delighted to welcome my guest this week to Security and Secure. Now, it's all thanks to my friend Ellie Novak, who said to me, there's someone that you need to see. There's a book you need to read. And she introduced me to Elsie Spittle. And Elsie carried on the three principles, an idea that was discovered by Sydney Banks. And she's gone around the world inspiring you, tell you the three principles to get by in life. The three principles that will just motivate you to change your way in thinking so that not everything is negative in the world. Now, before we talk to Elsie, I've got to apologise to her because my podcast is called Security and Secure. And it's all about insecurities. And Sydney once had a conversation where he said there was no such thing as insecurities. It's just a thing in our head, which basically means this podcast and all the episodes you've heard thus far are basically, we've got issues, but they're not as bad because we've made them ourselves. Elsie, welcome to Security and Secure. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview. I'm so, so honoured that you said yes to be on, on the podcast. And like I said, I'm sorry that I've said that it's all about insecurities. Well, I'm really grateful to be talking with you live, and uh, I, I'm really delighted that you found um, that you've really enjoyed the book, The Genesis, so much, Johnny. That's wonderful. Well, we're going to talk about the book, and I basically want to go to, through lots of themes that you and your co-writer Chip Chipman have spoken about. But let's obviously first talk about Sydney Banks because. This was all due to Sydney. So for those who have never heard of him, who was he and why is he so important to this book, The Genesis of the Three Principles? He was just an ordinary uh, working man living here in Canada on Vancouver Island. He was born in Edinburgh, Scotland, and he was a welder here in um, Vancouver Island. And what was so unusual is that he had this profound epiphany that revealed these three principles of mind, consciousness, and thought. And, and in that revelation, he 
realize that insecurity is just thought. Prior to that, he had no idea about that because he had some insecurity, certainly in his in his work life, in his personal relationships, and so on. And my husband worked with Sid at a pulp mill, again, on Vancouver Island. And so he knew him for eight years prior to his epiphany. And then the dramatic change that happened to Sid after this revelation was so astonishing to the both of us that we we just didn't know what to do with it because he changed from a somewhat insecure man into someone that had found the secret to life, which is what he told us. I found the secret to life. When he came to visit us after this profound insight, he also said that when he had found the secret to life, that the secret he had found had the power to change the fields of psychology and psychiatry. Well, this was what was so astonishing to us is, first of all, we knew that he had no background. He had limited education. Here in Canada, it would be equivalent to a grade nine education. So we knew that he, he knew nothing about psychology and psychiatry. He was a welder. How could he possibly say to us with a straight face and with great presence and certainty that he'd found the secret to life and it had the power to change the fields of psychology and psychiatry? That was what was so very unusual and very frightening to us. It's incredible. And it's incredible, as you said, that he had these three ideas. And what happened next was amazing for him. So I suppose the thing is that everyone's going to be wanting to know are what are these three principles that you found? They're called mind, which is the power behind life, the spiritual energy behind life. You can call it different things, you know. Uh, consciousness, which is our awareness of that power. It's our awareness of our experience in life and how our experience is created. And the next one is thought, which is how humanity creates their experience. This is the spiritual power all of us have to create our experience in the moment. And what was so unusual is that most of humanity thinks experience is created from the outside in it's created by the circumstances we find ourselves in and when sid had this profound enlightenment what he realized is that experience is created from the inside out it doesn't matter what circumstances we find ourselves in it's the way we think about these circumstances so as long as I kept thinking that my life was the pits, you know, was, was really tough and hard, and I'd been born unlucky, I'd been uh, born, um, you know, just didn't have the opportunities given to me in life, that's how I saw life. I had no idea that my thinking had anything to do with my circumstances, that I, in other words, could rise above my circumstances. And when I had more clarity of thought, my circumstances would then change because I'd be 
drawing on my inner wisdom to resolve difficulties and challenges that were occurring in my life. It's so true. And as you said, the uh, and, and as Chip says as well, um, I'm going to quote from page seven. The principle informs psychology because they inform us of our own true nature of who and what we really are. And I think, as you said, we don't always know who we really are. So how do we discover that? What is our role in the world, I suppose? You know, the, the discovery really happens via a feeling. And I know that may sound very new agey, but that was what I learned. Like, I was so resistant to Sid's teachings when he first shared what he had uncovered because it, it threatened all my beliefs. It threatened my religious beliefs. Uh, it, it threatened my intellect. And so I really fought his, um, his words. But there was something about him, Johnny. There was something about the feeling of his presence that soothed my spirit and even soothed my intellect from time to time. But then I would find myself asking him a question, and when he would answer my question, I'd be infuriated with him because I had said to him, look, I don't want to hear any more of this nonsense because it ruffled my feathers so much. It got me so upset. But then almost without my volition, I would ask him a question. And and so that was the, the thing. It's that he was helping us see that our true nature, our innate wisdom, is where the answers lie to any difficulties that we're experiencing in life. We're seeing from our true nature that we're still lucky, you know, that we've got our health, even though last March I also had COVID and was in isolation for almost three weeks here in my own home. My husband was serving me meals. Um, you know, with a mask on and uh, gloves and so on, and we weren't sleeping together. And so it's not that we haven't gone through our challenges and difficulties, but when we see it through the eyes of our true nature, where there is strength and understanding and certainty and comfort, it really alters our perspective on the challenges we're all facing. A hundred percent. And the thing to do is to, as you said already, be lucky we're still alive and to focus on the good things. But I think there's a line. And for example, this year being in lockdown, I focused a lot on myself and I did a gratitude diary. And I was doing the gratitude diary to think that that will equal happiness. So I'll start my morning by waking up and go, right, I've made the bed. Great. I've got one thing ticked off on the gratitude diary. And therefore I was working towards the gratitude diary and not for my own happiness and the problem is that sometimes we talk so much about what we're going to do to be happy but we don't actually allow ourselves to be happy because it's always like we're working towards something rather than ourselves i think that's very wise what you just said is very insightful johnny that's absolutely right i will say with respect that when we're we're trying to be happy or trying to be grateful, it's not the same thing as actually being grateful. There's a difference between trying and being. 
trying comes from our intellect. It's certainly a step in the right direction. That's why I'm saying this with the greatest respect. But it's not the same as actually slipping into gratitude where you're, you're, you're coming from gratitude, which is nestled in our true nature. So again, I'll just repeat this. It's the difference between trying to be grateful from our intellect and just being grateful from our true nature. And one would argue that yourself and Sydney and Chip would see this as a feeling again. That it's, it's that feeling of gratitude, that feeling of being happy. It's the feeling rather than the actual action of it. That's right. That's absolutely right. Because, you know, as I was in my full resistance to the words Sid was sharing with us, I still felt his true nature, my true nature, everybody has that that quality, that essence uh, in them. That's what we're made of. But we cover it up. We're educated to look at, um, you know, trying to figure it out, like trying to figure out how to be happy, trying to figure out how to meet our challenges with our intellect. And it's even like what Einstein said, that the intellect is the servant of wisdom. That's exactly what Sid realized with this uh, profound insight he had about the three principles of mind, consciousness, and thought. And that's not the only servant, because we also are servants to ourselves. And what I mean by that is that we control those feelings that we have. So if we're going to be angry, if we're going to be sad, if we're going to be happy, we're controlling those emotions. No one else can do that but us. So when we are sad... That's because it's our reaction to that thought of, oh, this has made me sad. But it doesn't affect anyone else. No one has told you to be sad. We bring that guilt on ourselves. We bring that sadness to ourselves. No one has told us that is the feeling to have. That's right. That's exactly right. Because this is the dichotomy that that you're pointing to, is that when I was so uh, annoyed and upset and would get angry at Sid for sharing this beautiful gift that he had uncovered, you know, our true nature, our innate wisdom, and so on, I still couldn't let it go because I was drawn by the feeling of his wisdom, of his certainty, and so on. And so there's that dichotomy. My intellect was annoyed with him. My true nature was saying, tell me more. And it was the feeling of my true nature that kept us close to him despite the, the fear that I was experiencing in my intellect, to the point where I think I don't, it's not in this book, The Genesis, but it's in other books that I've written and on many podcasts and webinars that I've done, where the turning point for me, Johnny, was when I, I was so miserable one day after a year and a half of refuting what Sid was sharing with us, and yet I couldn't walk away uh, and I saw him and and his late wife drive up the driveway, and I was so so miserable. Just I I couldn't bear to see them, and I hid in the bathroom, thinking that would be the only place they wouldn't see me because we had this open concept living, and they would knock on the door and walk in. And I hid in the bathroom. They walked in. 
called my name, I just hid. And I was, like, cowering in the bathroom. Then I heard them leave and the door close. And all of a sudden, it was like I was thrust out of the bathroom to go and get them. Now, that was my true nature, like propelling me out of the bathroom to go and get them. I beckoned them to come back in. But my intellect was still so afraid that I could not invite them to sit down. I was going to make them a cup of tea, and I put the kettle on. But in my fear and angst, I didn't turn the heat on. And then finally, as Sid was seeing how troubled and upset I was, he put his arm around me, and he said, You know, dearie, you'll be okay. You have God within you, just like every soul on this planet. Now, that's a beautiful thing to say, but it just freaked me right out. That's my psychological terminology. <laughs> it freaked me right out, and I literally pushed them out the door. That, that was it. I thought, I, I just can't stand this anymore. And, and yet, in that feeling of rage and angst, I had an insight. And that insight was, Thought creates feeling. Now, Sid had tried to tell me that countless times, primarily at my request, and then I would get angry for him telling me. But it came from me. That's the first time I ever had an insight that I know of. And that came to me, and it brought such a feeling of, of power of beauty, of certainty, that I wept. Worthiness. I felt worthy for the first time because in my religious background, consciousness was about what we did wrong. It was about our sins and all that. So when Sid would talk about consciousness as a principle and as an awareness of our experience and deeper than that, who and what we really are on the inside, I, I just couldn't, couldn't get that. That was so beyond me because consciousness was about what we did wrong. That's what I'd been taught. And so here we are for the first time. I realized thought creates feeling. And as you said just a few moments ago, I realized then that it wasn't Sid who was making me angry, as I had thought. It was me. It was my thinking about what he said, which was threatening my intellectual beliefs. And this is the thing, and I think the door for you in your anecdote of what happened represents for you that thought. So you had on one side of the door in the bathroom the negative thoughts, on the outside of the door you had the positive thoughts, and you just had to find yourself a way to push yourself towards those positive thoughts so that you got that nice feeling so that you knew that if you saw Sid, he would just tell you what you needed to hear. And sometimes that's the thing. We just need to be told something and then we believe it because as much as we're amazing at giving out our own advice to people, we can never take it ourselves until someone <laughs> says it to us. That's so true. That is so true. And, you know, the beauty of this is, yes, I mean, Sid had told me this so many times in so many different ways about thought and so on and the power of thought. But it wasn't until I heard it from my own true nature, you know, that I got it 
as an insight that in in reality at that point it didn't have anything to do with Sid. It had everything to do with my wisdom, with my true nature, and that's when the penny dropped and I realized, wow, he he really did get something. And that's when I started my journey. And it, it came that insight, thought creates feeling, was accompanied by this profound feeling from within me so that I knew that was true. So what have you done with that since? So since it taught you this, since you learned the three principles, how has your life adapted? Well, I know that part of what Sid told us in that first visit, he said to Ken and I, he said, if you hear me, and he meant hear from the inside out, not hear with our intellect where there's still barriers. He said, if you hear me, you will travel the world sharing these spiritual gifts. And he said, that, that's what Barb and I will do. We will be traveling the world to share this, and this gift, these gifts will be changing the fields of psychology. I have found so much peace of mind. I have found uh, comfort in living in the unknown. You know, I just trust that wisdom guides us from the inside out. I see that in others. And and so in my work um, from a homemaker, I became, um, I traveled with Sid and, and learned sort of on-the-job training how to share this with people. And I simply started off by sharing the first insight I had and from there, my experience and my understanding grew, and I began to be invited to speak to mental health professionals and corporations and juvenile justice and so on. And this, again, came through the understanding that came out of me, out of my true nature, that I was able to share with others. And to see them change has just been such a blessing. So that's what I continue to do in my work. You obviously use Sydney Banks as a foundation to everything that you do. But have you got to that point where we've now got the ALC Spittle theory? Rather than being the Sydney Banks theory on the three principles, have we moved across the conversation to now this is what you believe in, using him as a basis, but to carry you forward now? Well, it's my understanding that I share. Certainly, the foundation of my understanding is based in the three principles, because I see that. It's not an intellectual understanding of the three principles. I see that at a, a very deep level. I've seen that work in my life, so I have evidence of that, as do countless people around the world who are also using this understanding in their work in various human endeavors. I don't anticipate that I will move away from the three principles because that to me is like the same as the understanding of gravity. Like gravity is and always will be gravity and, and how it works. That if I drop a pencil, it's going to fall to the ground. It's not going to rise to the ceiling. And that's what these three principles are. They're fundamental principles on how human beings work to create their experience. Now, 
What's different for me, especially since Sid's passing over a decade ago, is that I have moved more into trusting my own wisdom more rather than if, for example, there were times when I'd be working in a corporation and something would come from me in the moment of working with a group of engineers where something new came out of my mouth that later on when I would get back to my hotel and I'd start to revisit what had occurred that day, I'd start to self-doubt myself and question myself, and I would call Sid and say, this is what happened and this is what came out of me. Am I right? And we'd discuss it. And the bulk of the time, I was right because what came out of my true nature was an insight. For example, at one point during some work I was doing with an audience, they were talking about the three principles as if there was a hierarchy. Mind was principle number one. Consciousness was principle number two. Thought was principle number three. And I thought what came to me was, that's not right. If all three principles are formless energy, there can't be a hierarchy. They're all the same. And that's what I ended up sharing with the group, that there is no hierarchy. They're all the same formless spiritual energy. So how can there be a hierarchy as if one is more powerful than the other? And so I ran that by Sid. After his passing, I I turned to myself more. You know, I turned to my own wisdom. And if I didn't know, I just rested in not knowing until the answer came to me. It's so magical the way you speak, Elsie. I've just got so much love for you. And obviously, like you said, the mind, consciousness and thought all need to be seen in equal measure. There's no hierarchy. Not one is more important than another. How do you add gratitude to that? Where does gratitude sit? Is that a... Uh, an effect of mind consciousness and thought is it before that or is gratitude something very very different because i feel like we're still not practicing mind consciousness thought we're practicing gratitude with the gratitude die with being grateful with the fact that we move the energies around say for example about three months ago i moved the energies where i didn't have my afternoon nap in my bed i had it on the sofa and i didn't work from my sofa i worked from the table and so moving all those energies around and creating that gratitude of those energies is one thing, but the three principles are on a whole nother level. So where does gratitude actually fit into this? It actually comes from within the three principles. We are the three principles. You know, because the three principles are just this formless energy, this operational that allows us to operate, allows our human body to operate. It allows us to create. It allows us to be aware. It, it is wisdom incarnate. So we are those principles, those spiritual, energized principles. And, and so gratitude is an attribute of those principles. Gratitude is an attribute of wisdom, and wisdom is part of the three principles. 
So, you know, I, I've heard, and I used to as well, talk about wisdom as being, wisdom has got my back, or I'm, I'm walking shoulder to shoulder with wisdom. And then I was at a conference in London maybe four years ago, and I heard a presenter talking about wisdom as if we have to plug into wisdom, like you would plug a refrigerator into an electric source to get it to work. And it, once again, my wisdom said that's not quite right. We don't have to plug into wisdom. We are wisdom. We are that source that made a huge difference for me johnny but is there a scale when it comes to wisdom can you not have enough wisdom or have too much wisdom indeed no you can never have too much wisdom and yes there are different levels of wisdom uh levels of consciousness levels of understanding certainly there there are like my level of understanding from when I first started my journey is very different than it is now. You know, I had still much more anxiety as when I started my journey, even having that one insight that got me on the train, you know, to start my journey. But I still went in and out of understanding. I'm not saying that now I've been a student of this understanding for 45, 46 years, I still consider myself a student, Johnny, and, and I still go in and out of my understanding, but I don't linger there because I don't like the feeling. See, this is where we come full circle back to the feeling again. In the past, I used to live in anger, and anger gave me a charge. It, it like... It made me feel alive, and so when I got angry in the early days, it brought life to me, but it exhausted me. It turned people against me. It turned my family against me because I couldn't let go of my anger. It created illness in my body, and then when I had that insight and I realized my circumstances weren't making me angry, they weren't the problem, Sid wasn't the problem, my family wasn't the problem. It was my thinking and lack of understanding. That completely changed my orientation toward life. And so from then on, when I would start to experience anger, I might stay there, you know, long, certainly longer than I do now. I didn't like the feeling. I like the feeling of positivity. I like the feeling of love. I like the feeling of understanding that brought me comfort and solace and peace, whereas anger just created even more stress and arguments and, oh, you name it. And so as I got more used to the feeling of positivity, my life continued to change and and brought even more work into me because people like my feeling and they wanted to learn it's like what you said a few minutes ago it's it's like magic people resonate with that why because at their core their true nature is resonating with your true nature with my true nature and so on and so forth
So final question for you, Elsie, to bring this all together. We've spoken about positivity. We've spoken about the three principles. For those that are listening and inspired, I really urge you to go and buy Elsie Spittle's book, The Genesis of the Three Principles, and find out her other books as well. For those who are questioning it, and like you said with your family, for those that don't understand it, but you want to stay positive, what would you say to those to open up their eyes to go, look, you should look at this other way of life and just experience it and see how you feel? That's what I would do, what you said, see how you felt is I would point people, I would say to people that are listening that have any doubt, if there's anything in you that is saying, hmm, I wonder, if you have any sense of curiosity, if you're struck at all by the feeling of my words rather than the words, then just sit with it. Explore it a little bit more. Look to the feeling. Sid always said to us from the very beginning when he would see our furrowed brows trying to understand his words, he'd say, don't listen to my words, listen to the feeling. And that's where I would leave it, Johnny. Listen to the feeling. joy to have Elsie Spittle on this podcast an absolute joy the feelings she's given me during the past episode the feeling she gave me when I read her book the genesis of the three principles the feeling I got when my friend Ellie Novak told me for the first time there's a thing called the three feelings and these are the three principles that you need to live by mind consciousness thought it just changed me it really changed the way I was and the way that I am indeed today and I just think going into 2021 we're all looking for that self-development we've had a really hard year in lockdown we've had a really hard year where we've had to work on ourselves to really think about where we are in the world let's just take a step back for a minute and appreciate ourselves because i think we're really hard on ourselves and like i said to elsie during the interview there are times where i think i'm not grateful enough i'm doing a gratitude diary and i'm grateful i've done the gratitude diary not i'm grateful that i'm actually improving on myself and i think that's also a problem and that's something we also have to work on so please do buy her book please look at those three principles to reflect on mind consciousness thought once you've done all that go to instagram secure the insecure podcast is where you can find us on instagram on there i put background teasers on all previous episodes i put quotes for motivate you to get you thinking and then I'm at Johnny Seafoot. Now, I really need your help. Please then, with your mind, with your consciousness, with your thoughts, go onto iTunes, okay? If you're listening on Spotify, just go over to iTunes for two minutes. Go down to the review section. On the review section of the podcast, give it five stars and leave a review. It's really, really, really imperative that you help me to say it's okay to not be okay. It's really imperative that you help me spread the word that there's a podcast out there that you can identify with. I've been Johnny Seifert. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.